this is fundraising radio and today's a guest speaker with Vishal Utam, founder and general partner at Velocquins Capital and also an angel investor. And this episode we'll talk about the investment climate right now during this coronavirus and how founders should approach the fundraising process right now during this pandemic. And also because Vishal is an LA-based investor, we'll also discuss a little bit about moving to Los Angeles to fund your startup. So Vishal, let's kick it off by you giving us some background on yourself and on the Lockwoods Capital. Well, first of all, Constantine, thank you for having me. Um, good morning to everyone. I am, like you said, my name is Michelle Utam. I'm from Delaquins Capital. I was born and raised in a tiny archipelago in Southeast Asia, um, the Philippines. Um, I moved here when I was 18 in Los Angeles and um, pursued my higher education and subsequently decided to establish my business. I am an uh, angel investor, like you mentioned, mostly focusing on VCs, private equity. I've launched um, VC funds, mostly blockchain-based across the country, Europe, and in Asia. But last year, I founded Veloquence Capital with the goal, basically, of supporting and growing evolutionary ventures. These are companies, you know, that are in the intersection right now of visionary ideas and promising technology basically that have the potential to change the world by offering real systemic solutions mm -hmm. so does that mean you still invest in blockchain um we are we are stage agnostic venture camp uh, capital company we make investment that span early and growth stages it could be in space tech blockchain fintech we we have numerous um divisions that we that we invest, but most I would say emerging and converging technology. Mm -hmm. Got it. And the first thing that <clears throat> sorry that I want to discuss with you is your LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn you have a little bit over two hundred connections, which is really, really rare. Why is that? Why why don't you use it as much as others do? Um, you know, I'm old school that way. I'd like the personal touch. I'd like I like meeting people, you know, in person. And um, so I, I, I am old school that way. So I'd like to develop it organically from the ground up. So and people can get in touch with me through my website. Um, and I've really not kept track of the number of connections that I have. I know it's relatively small, um, but that's how I grow my network. I'm all about you know, building meaningful organic relationship, which often, you know, means face-to-face -face interaction, mm -hmm. and personal referrals or introductions. Right. So speaking of which, by the way, so during this pandemic, basically no one really meets face-to-face -face anymore uh, for the past, what, four months. How have you been dealing with this? Well, it's been a change, but not much because we are lucky enough to be ahead of the curve for the past i would say year uh, pretty much as soon as we started veloquence capital we've been holding our our meetings or any client or investor or projects through virtual meetings so it has not much it hasn't changed much but um it's good to see that more people have adapted to it 
Mm-hmm. That's true. I've seen, I've heard some news like that that a lot of offices are just shutting up permanently. So it's it's fun. Changes are coming. Fun changes. I'm 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 excited to see what's gonna happen in a year or so. So speaking of what's gonna happen in a year or so. Do you still invest because the climate is really unstable? No one really knows what's going to happen in that year. So do you still invest or are you waiting for dust to settle a little bit? Not really. You know, there is never a good or a bad time, I think. I think for every crisis, there's an opportunity. I Right now, what we have done is we have um, raised enough capital on our opportunistic fund or opportunity fund, I would like to say. Basically, we are targeting companies, um, startups, projects that have a clear shot and have a clear opportunity on what lies ahead. So we're looking for a very strong and firm foundation in um, merging our expertise and merging our, our team that would make that project stronger. But like I said, we're agnostic that way, so we are open to anything. But to answer your question more directly, yes, we are investing. In fact, we are aggressively investing now than we were before. That's really great to hear. You know, I am, I'm always happy to hear how VCs are taking the chance of this pandemic because it does offer tons and tons of opportunities. Now that's, uh, you know, the valuations in the, even on the West Coast finally dropped to the normal level. I think uh, it's great times for investors. So let's talk about what you like to see on the pitch deck before you invest, before you move on to even a call. So what's that, uh, let's say, where are the three must-have points on the pitch deck that you're really looking for? That's a good question. Um, I would say, you know, we're all about growth, right? So I'll, I'll turn that three into five. For me, it's purpose, product, people, plans, and potential. That's the five that I look for in a pitch deck. Mm-hmm. Got it. And what are the three red flags that you see on the pitch deck? So maybe it's going to be five red flags that you see on the pitch deck. So what's that stuff that you see on the pitch deck and like, no, 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 that's not the company for us. That's not something I want to invest in. What's that stuff that scares you away, basically? Um, From what, again, from what I've experienced, um, you know, founders with questionable mindset, you know, we work very closely and collaborate with founders with the aim to ensure growth and success. So one red flag would be when mindsets are fixed or closed off, not leaving any room for other ideas and other perspectives. Second one, I would say pitches that lack concrete detail or substance. And lastly, perhaps lack of transparency, you know, like unrealistic financial projection. Everyone likes to see, I mean, healthy and good numbers but it's through transparency, realistic approach that where you 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 let the company grow its natural course. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's actually on that I would love to elaborate on the realisticity realisticity. I won't say that word. Anyways, uh, of the financial projections, there is this very thin line between being realistic and being basically undervaluing yourself. So how, how would you recommend founders realistically look at their projections? Uh, for example, if they do not have any revenue yet. 
You know, not only would I say double check your pitch and work, but seek advice. I think you will be surprised. You know, you only know what you know, but bringing in other members who can give you a different point of view, seeking advice, I think is going to help you expand more on your, on your pitch. But at the same time, look at comparables, look at other projects or technology or anything that is, you could say, comps to what you're doing that will give you a good baseline and guideline to what you're, what you're really seeking. Mm -hmm. Right. And do you have any like specific method methodologies that you would recommend founders using in terms of evaluating your, their companies? So making the, the numbers, the cost of their companies realistic. You mean like, are you asking me like, what's, what would a founder be seeking to get the first check? Yeah. Yeah. I would say it depends what stage the founder is in, in general, a solid pitch, you know, with a compelling vision, you know, you know, that aha moment, an airtight plan, a sound financial projection, you know, I, we look, every company, every entity, every idea out there has a secret sauce. You might not want to reveal it immediately, but at least there should be that aha moment that, um, me, at least in an investor that understands it. Um, number two, due diligence. I think you need to have a good due diligence compliance, a detailed evaluation of fit. So if um, I'm talking about documents, I'm talking about interviews, anything detailed, um, the more detailed, the better. And I really believe in due diligence. I think a lot of the projects don't get the credit it deserves because it does not even it does not even pass the due diligence test. And third is a term sheet. You know, uh, you're only as good as your team. So a good term sheet, legal documents, you know, that's about it. Mm -hmm. Right, 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 right. That's a good point. And now we're moving on to the point that I would personally love to discuss as a big Los Angeles fan. You are yourself a lay base. So does Veloquence Capital try to invest locally? So through the West Coast or do you invest uh, throughout the whole United States or even globally? Um, right now we are investing all over the world. Um, we have two structures. We are a US fund and a Cayman fund. So we also invest a lot in Southeast Asia and um, like I said, emerging markets. So we're not really only in the United States or a specific region. But I would like to say 60% of our investments are locally and 40% is overseas, mainly in, in Asia. Mm -hmm. Right. Asia is a pretty decent market to invest in. So good choice there. But uh, let's talk a little bit more about Los Angeles specifically. So would you recommend anyone moving basically anywhere in the world specifically to raise money? So for example, Los Angeles is of course famous for its uh, entertainment investments. Uh, would you recommend someone who is working in that field just to move to LA just to raise money for that for their project? You know, had you asked me this question four or five months ago, maybe I would have a different answer. But considering the circumstance that we currently live in, I think everything has been globalized. Mm -hmm. I think everything has been virtual. It doesn't matter whether you're sitting 
in a in a in an office space or at your own apartment in a in Asia or Europe or America, and it doesn't really matter because everything now is mobile, virtual. So LA, though I must say, I, I love LA because of the weather, the diversity, and you know I'm all about diversity, which LA gives its appeal to. You know, it's sunny, positive vibe, the sense of mm-hmm. authenticity. Yeah. And uh, and it gives opportunities for people like dreamers, founders, innovators, and change makers, which I find, for me, that I'm able to fit in. Uh, I'll, and and my family is based here, so I'm able to adjust pretty much. But to answer your question, it, at this point, it doesn't really matter. Los Angeles, Asia, Europe, with the way the current situation is, it doesn't right, matter. right, right. Uh, but once the pandemic is over, do you think it will? make sense to do that or should they just stay stay wherever they are and just don't move anywhere do you think the face-to-face meetings will become really important part of fundraising process again once the pandemic is over or do you think it's going to stay uh as it is now sure i think i think i think as much as we would like to go back to normalcy whatever we call normal this is the new normal you know but the pandemic can end in my opinion, but the behavior doesn't. When you're used to doing a certain thing and you're habitual that way, with or without the pandemic, your behavior adjusts, your behavior changes, your expectation changes. So we don't know if it's for the best or not, but I think, yes, I think meeting in person is still an option, but I think you're going to see more of a shift it's not going to be predominantly that way. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Uh, for anyone who is not on the West Coast and is considering moving to the West Coast, I highly recommend Los Angeles, primarily for the reason Michelle mentioned. It's the great weather, to be honest. It's, it's awesome. I love it here. Uh, but let's get back to the fundraising. And it's going to be the question about the funny or crazy uh pitch that you have seen. So you said that you really invest in something that might you know, change the world a lot in the future, some uh, really technologically advanced uh, projects. Have you seen some projects that are so technologically advanced that they're just unrealistic, like teleportation or anything like that? Well, first of all, you know, in this day and age, I don't think anything is crazy all ideas and projects have their own merit and potential. You know, as the saying goes, you know, it's only crazy until you do it. But with that being said, I would I would put it in two categories. Projects that are ahead of their time and projects that are not, that are lagging behind. So it's either or. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's actually a good point. Uh... That is true indeed. So uh, let's talk about the steps that the founders should take to get closer to the first check. So let's say uh, most of my listeners are pre-seed stage founders. What's your advice to them? What are the first first three steps that you would like them to take to get closer to a check from an investor? Well, first of all, add me on LinkedIn. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, or second is, um, I would say, visit our website, veloquence.capital. You know, check it out. See what, what we're all about. And if it's a fit, send us a message and we'll work together. And um, the third one I would say is 
do your research, do your proper due diligence before engaging with an investor because it definitely needs to be a fit both ways. Right, 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 right. How would you recommend the the listeners to do the due diligence. So uh, I personally always recommend Crunchbase and you know, just going through the website of the investor, but maybe there is something else you would recommend them to look at. Sure. I mean, you know, Crunchbase, CB Insight, there's PitchBook. There's a lot of websites and, and entities out there that help investors and also founders. Right. CB Insights and PitchBook is actually, PitchBook I personally use a lot. I wish I pay for the paid version, but I'm too broke for that. <laughs> but even the free version actually gives you a lot of insights. So definitely feel free to check it out. I'll leave the link uh, to the pitch book in the description of this episode, along with the link to Veloquence Capital and to Vichelle's LinkedIn. So definitely check out the description of this episode to, to check all those resources. And here we're moving on to the last question of today's episode, and it's going to be a call to action. So what's that one specific thing that you would like the listener to do as soon as the episode is over? Like I said, add me on LinkedIn. Let's take the conversation from there. That's actually a decent call to action. That's right. Uh, you know, it's always good to talk with real investors who are doing investments right now, even during this pandemic. So great advice. And on that advice, we'll wrap it up. As I said, I'll leave all the links in the description of this episode. So if you want to check any of them out, go there and see them there. So we'll wrap it up Thank here. You, Constant. Thank you, Constantine, for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for participating on this one.